Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, cars, cars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We've got to go straight in with some big breaking news. Lewis is going to win the world championship. <laughs> that one? That is quite a nice follow-on to the <laughs> F1 special I did earlier in the week with Paul. If you don't listen to my other podcast series, After the Checkered Flag, go check it out because, yeah, we got slightly controversial. I think only controversial if you're a Max Verstappen fan. But, yeah, anyway, it was a big episode earlier in this week that I do with Paul, who I now officially made a co-host of that series. Oh, he bless was so him. so happy. Yeah. yeah, I bet he was, yeah. But, anyway, let's not get distracted because, <laughs> oh, my God, out of nowhere and hot off the press... Autocar, gotta love Autocar on this podcast, have just posted a headline that says, Audi buys McLaren Group. So, I would have been absolutely flabbergasted, not surprised, flabbergasted at this news had Paul Wallace not just show me a clip. (laughs) (laughs) So Paul ruined it for us because I was hoping to really catch you off guard with this. It's caught me off guard. So supposing now, the thing is, obviously we're recording this at the beginning of the week. It may be that by the time this episode is released to the general public, a reminder, patrons get access to these episodes a few days earlier than the rest of you. Um, But, you know, this story could have developed, so we might know more. So if you're sitting here being like, why are these guys and what's going on? So, yeah, apologies if there's more information that's now hit the line. But so far, we've got an autocar source. So what have they bought? Reports that Audi's bought the McLaren Group. That's racing automotive. I think Applied Technologies got sold off, didn't it? Separately, or maybe... No, I think maybe Applied Technologies as well. So they bought the whole group, and it kind of all is slightly starting to fall into place because there was this weird moment where the mic flew it, the CEO who's been CEO really, well, not since day one, but for a whole chunk of time, randomly and unexpectedly stepped down not well, that long ago. We don't make any money. Well, I know, but like... Well, what's the point of a CEO if it don't make any money? He was a bit of a Claire Williams. Oh, as in, right. you know, it was always someone else's fault. Oh, right. <laughs> and then finally, like Claire, he decided to step on his own sword or fall on his own sword. Butt stops at the top, by the way. 
but maybe that needed to happen before Audi did the deal. Maybe oh. they said, we'll, we'll sign it, but Mike Fluitt's got to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, the other reason that this kind of falls into place is there's been a lot of talk and speculation recently about the Volkswagen Group wanting into F1. And there's obviously a lot of sort of changes coming with the money structure, but also the technology, the engines, all these different things. And there's just been these sort of rumours that VW are interested in getting back involved with the sport. Now, if you're the Volkswagen Group, do you think, let's start our own team. Let's start at point zero and build a team from scratch. No, no. Or do you think, let's just buy our way into an already very successful team? It's cheaper. 100%. And you get yourself in. And a much better chance of actual success. Mm. So what this would do would allow them to probably build their own power units come 2025 when the new units are coming in that will probably be super green, hybrid, synthetic fuel-fueled engines that are appropriate for road car development. Yeah. Badge them as Audi, Porsche, or whatever that might be. And it's the yeah. McLaren powered by Audi. Yeah. Bish, bash, bosh. So yeah. it's kind of making sense. And the reason I'm getting most excited is it means McLarens might have some actually good electronics in them. Well... We've seen what Germans over the years have done for Italian and UK brands, as in Lamborghini, uh, Bentley, Aston Martin are still not that good, but another topic for today is the fact that you are now an Aston Martin dealer. So no. we'll come back to that. But, yeah, go on. but, but the, obviously the, the cars are better than what they were. Um, because they have some German influence. Um, there's plenty of other brands out there as well. Rolls-Royce, owned by BMW. Um, well, it helps to bring in the sort of underpinnings of, yeah, the German tech, the sort of the parts where sometimes independent brands struggle to compete with the big yeah. German conglomerates. Yeah. Um, and we now, well, we know that Audi or the VW Group's infotainment systems are some of the best in the business. And it's an area where McLaren have famously been lacking is yeah. their reliability of electronic components. Yeah, I mean, I, I will put you up on that bit because oh. Audi and VW Group at the moment in their road cars have terrible infotainment systems. No way, really? Yeah, because they went they went from outsourcing all their infotainment systems, right. which is what most of them do, to making them themselves, and they've royally ballsed it up. I mean, What about the digital cockpit? Yeah, I mean, they're very good. But but what I'm saying is that the, from like 2020, yeah, from 2020 or 2019, they made their own infotainment systems and they got proper. So like the new Golf R or the new yeah, Golf GTI, yeah, yeah. the new Audis, sure. they have infotainment problems. Really? Yeah, because it's made in-house now as opposed to outsourced. Bloody, I had no idea. Great insight there, Tony. No problem. You've surprised me there. <laughs> okay, so maybe this isn't the, 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 the thing that I wanted McLaren to... No, 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 to... but in general, you are yeah. right. As in, as in, we've, well, me definitely have said that I'll never buy another McLaren again. Oh, no, I, I, I now, would now. I, I now might. I would now, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's wait and see. By, as I say, Thursday when this episode comes out, this story might have been squashed or we might find out more information. So we'll have to pick up on it again in a future episode. But as a sort of headline to hit our desks just before we started recording, pretty jaw-dropping. It's a very um, exciting time now, actually, for McLaren because they will sort them out because that's what the Germans do. You Absolutely. Know? They're gonna, they're, they'll throw some real money at it. And we've seen from, uh, take Lamborghini as an example, since they've been 
taken over by a VW group. They've gone from strength yeah. to strength Lamborghini. So Keep flying that flag, don't we? For how yeah, they are. So yeah. potentially very exciting news. Let's let's watch the space. And as a Formula One fan, it would be amazing to see the VW group into the sport in whatever shape or form mm. with their own team as an engine supplier maybe as both I mean who knows let's wait and see but yeah cool and potentially exciting news which we will pick up again in a future do you episodes. think they'll do you think they'll have their own they've got to have their own engines right I mean that's like, that, that'll be the whole point in F1 sorry in F1 yes yeah for sure because yeah, if Mercedes sure. now they won't want that they would be totally dumbfounded it would be the weirdest thing ever to rebrand McLaren Racing as Audi, like that would make no sense at yeah. all. And if you are the VW group, surely the attraction of Formula One at the moment is the hybrid technology, the synthetic or sustainable fuels that yeah. they're all working towards. Like that's got to be like, okay, we want to be involved in this R&D because Formula One has proven itself over and over again to be the most amazing test bed for road car technology. Flappy yeah. paddle gearboxes, ABS, you yeah. know, uh, launch control. Ceramic brakes. Ceramic brakes, yeah. pit lane speed limiters. They're, they're yeah. on cars, you know. So all of these different things have really funneled down from Formula One. So I, I think that's where they're going in and probably a better route to be an engine supplier to a great historic team than having... Porsche's own team? I don't know. Let's wait and see. Well, they're not newbies, we know, into mo- motorsport because Porsche and Audi and Lamborghini have huge um, influence in motorsport anyway, you know, in, in GT3, in GT2, in Le Mans, in, um, you know, Porsche have their own series around the world. Obviously, Porsche, Porsche Super Cup, which follows part of the F1 calendar as well. You know, so so they know they're, what they're doing. They make they're bringing a huge amount of knowledge in anyway. But so. weirdly, never really in Formula One. No, they dilly dathered. Uh, I think Audi way back in the days when what was Audi's original name? Anyway, I think they did enter a car into a race or two. Uh, Porsche supplied some engines to Porsche Tag engines. Lamborghini tried with the Lambo V12 for McLaren and Volkswagen. What were what were ja- were Jaguar owned by? Oh, Jaguar owned by Ford, were they? They're owned by Ford, yeah. When they did Formula One back and in- Volvo for a time. Oh, okay. Mm. So yeah, so yeah. Anyway, so it's going to be interesting and fascinating to see. But yeah, cool story to kick things off. Yeah. So I'll come back to uh, something that I just mentioned a while ago: the fact that you seem to have become an Aston Martin dealer in the last few weeks. So I think we've spoken about the fact that you've got a lovely black Vantage in stock at the moment. Yeah. Which I saw uh, earlier this week. Lovely looking car. But I was quite surprised when on, I don't know when it was, Friday, isn't it, that? You sent me some messages. Could you just picked up a DBX that you've bought in Correct. Stock? Yes. And um, we've said it before, just because I don't like a brand doesn't mean I can't sell them. No, because somebody out there likes them. Someone <laughs> likes them and that's no problem if you if you like what you like. For me, it, it's, it's my business. I just have an opinion because I'm on here uh, like everyone else. So... Um, yes, I have a DBX in stock. Um, it's it's price very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know more, head over to Gravel Car Sales. It's actually a really nice car. It's a Skyfall uh, Silver, I think they call it's it. It's got a sort of bluey hue to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And and actually, do you know what? I, you know, as we all know, I'm not a huge fan of of Aston Martin. But if, if someone put a gun to my head now, today, and said, you've got to buy an, an Aston Martin, it would be a DBX. 
so this was the thing that sort of killed me slash surprised me is you called me uh, maybe Saturday morning, maybe the day after you picked it up. I called you up on Thursday. Oh, okay. Well, I have no <laughs> idea what the time is. Uh, and said, wow, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I quite like this DBX. No, no, no. My words were- I paraphrased. I, yeah, you did paraphrase. I'm buying a DBX. That's what you said. <laughs> I said, it, I, I'm actually going to give it a little bit more credit than them- because originally I just said it's a pile of poo, it's no good. Useless. And, and in certain scenarios, that is correct still. But there were certain elements I may have been a little bit harder than, than what I actually should have been. One is, uh, let's, let's not get over the elephant in the room. It's far too much money as a new car, for sure. The car I've got is 200 grand list. Is that that is an absolute ripoff? By the way, for that for car. what it is for that car, yeah, 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 for what for what it is, and and actually, if you compare it to an SVR Range Rover as a, as a car, the SVR Range Rover is is better because of the right. technology inside uh, for that reason. But then, if you take the 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 car and the infotainment system out of it and just focus on the dynamics of it, the way it drives, the way it stops, the way it turns, it's next level to a Range Rover SVR. Which I think, and I've said it before, and we've said it before, that is Aston Martin. Mm. So, you know, you don't buy an Aston because it's got best-in-class infotainment system, because it's got best-in-class interior quality, build quality, reliability, whatever. You buy it because it's an Aston. It sounds good. It goes good. It's fun to drive. It looks nice. looks nice. A little bit different. It's classy. It's stylish. All these different elements. And that's true, I think, across the range. And heck, of course, they have built some dynamically very impressive cars. But I always think of them as, you know, picking them for something else. And I applauded the Urus for being a Lambo, being true to being a Lambo, whilst it wasn't very me, somehow they'd made a Lambo SUV. And so maybe the DBX is just an Aston SUV and actually they've hit the nail on the head. Well, it well it is, but but like I said, I'll go back to the price. And as a used car, they, they are mu- much better value. <laughs> you I think, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, they, they will have some, um, they will still fall, yeah. obviously, because they've got to. There's still a lot of money, mate. Yeah. But, what car doesn't at six months or a year old? You know, they, 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 all, they all do it. I mean, we're in peculiar times at yeah. the moment, but look at a, a Bentley. First two years of its ownership, it loses half of its money. What? So, and, that, and we can't get away from that. So, no, of course, yeah. And Aston, as, as, a, as a percentage, they do similar to Bentley. But then once they find their feet, they find their feet. And, uh, you know, we said on the SUV podcast, once that car gets to a hundred grand, and, it, and by the way, that, that's, not you know, too far it, but, away. It'd probably be three-year-old ones would be a hundred grand. So we've got another couple of years. It's not been out that long. So we've got another couple of years to wait. But then actually, if you look on the used car market, they're one, they're 150, 160 now. If in two years' time they're a hundred grand and you're doing 25, 30 grand a year, well, that's no different to what you do in a Range Rover mm. inherently. Yeah. So actually... It's not that bad, and, and they'll always command more money in a Range Rover because it's an Aston Martin. But um, I, I just, I, for me, I just don't think it's on that they can charge that money for that car because I, 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 I honestly think it's a sub-150 car new. 
That's what it. it but, but 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 it's but it's Aston Martin. It's the same as a Vantage. The new Vantage was 150 easily spec up, and as we've seen, immediately they're 95 grand cars. And if that car was a 95 plus option car, I think it would have sold like hotcakes much quicker than it did. But it's their sort of go to tactic to overprice the cars, and that's just now. Something that I wanted to pick up on, which Chris Harris posted on Twitter or shared on Twitter, which I really needed to read, but I didn't have time to read over the weekend. It was a deep dive into Aston's most recent financial uh, results. Because they came out, I think they said they were profitable in various areas. And someone's done a real analysis and really tried to understand exactly what that means. And, And it's really grim reading. And actually, when you start to pick it apart and see what those sales mean and which sales are to dealers and which sales are to individuals and targets and comparisons with other places in the market... The headline is, oh, they're still in a lot of trouble, if not more trouble than ever. And the DBX, unfortunately, hasn't saved them. Correct. And, and one, that's no surprise to me, because in Aston Martin's 100-year existence or more, there's probably only two or three years in, in that 100-year existence that they've actually made any money, which is why they've changed hands so many times, because people just can't get them to make any money. Um, which is probably why their their products are expensive as well because they're trying to get yeah, some, money to back. Claw some money back. But 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 just make it better, mate. I mean, you know, like if you can get a fifty grand car that's got updated technology with touchscreen, mm. a two hundred grand car that hasn't. I mean, it's not on. And also dynamically, and I think we bang on about infotainment and in-car tech a lot on this podcast because it is but it's important to us as well because we spend a lot of time in cars we are you know if we just had toys if we were you know weekend cars whatever it might be you know you've got your family whip but this is something that's a a little toy it's less important it's not a weekend toy mate no no no, but but listen hear me out for a second because i do think for us it takes more importance to have super top quality infotainment systems and tech where the other problem is is that dynamically as well, the Astons are fantastic, but not always necessarily great competitors. Would you have a new Vantage over a 911? No chance. No. No chance. So, so you know, there's always things that differ. Like me, I'd pick an F-Type over a 911 because that's just who I am. So I'm not saying that that's a good or bad thing. I'd have but, an F-Type over a Vantage. F- oh, fair. Me. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, what I'm trying to say is that they have their place in the market, but it's not just the infotainment. It's, it's in general, they sometimes drop the ball. But having said all that, I would, I would pay an extortionate amount of money for an old shape V12 Vantage at the minute. I love the idea of, I want it, if I didn't sort of have an F-Type downstairs and, and want to continue to have an F-Type downstairs, that would be the thing that I'd be chasing mm. as an old Vantage. I do still really like, when I came and saw that black new Vantage, there's something about that brand that makes me still lust after them. And, and our topic towards the end of the show it's going to be brands that do just that, that make you want their products, but actually, in real life, maybe the products don't live up to the expectation of, of the brand. Yeah. Anyway, what I wanted to touch on and get your advice on is the fact that last week I posted the start of The Hunt for My Next Daily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, two videos with Alexander's Prestige off the back of Andrew when he came down to do the SUV special. Went up there to kind of humour him and have a look around. Got a bit carried away. And I was like, okay, it's going to happen. I'm going to place next week. So, the hunt is on. Good. The hunt is on. The first thing I want to address, the elephant in, room, in the room for any sort of car search that I do on my channel the Stelvio Quadrifoglio. God, it's a flipping brilliant car. Oh my God, I know, but I'm not buying one. Why? Well, okay, there's quite a few reasons. Firstly... I've got one. I know you do. 
I've actually made two videos on this car before. And I've had to address this twice because every time I talk about buying a car, for some reason, the internet, or maybe just my main channel audience, goes, like every second comment is Stelvio Quattrofolio. Yeah. Like, I don't know if people think that I forget about it or I overlook it or I don't think about it. Great car. Or whether it's the most popular SUV ever. I kind of know that's not the truth because well, you don't see many of them around. Like, it's not like people are buying them left, right and center. And if it's so popular and people think it's so great, why are not more people buying them? is my first question. Secondly, unfortunately, I've just never really liked it. Yes, it's a brilliant car. No, <laughs> it's a brilliant car to drive, I admit. And it's a Julia Cotavelli that's a bit more height and four wheel drive, so quicker off the line. Like it is great, but I don't really like the way it looks. Really? Yeah, I don't really like the way it looks. No, I do like the way it looks. Oh uh, yeah, it's too small for me. I think it's like a bit too much of a shoebox on, on stilts. Okay. And I banged on so much in the first part of the hunt for my next daily about how good the X3 is to live with. And we are going to come back to tech and infotainment. And a lot of people sort of went in going, oh, this guy's always bang on about. It's so boring. You know, what, what about what the car's like to drive? Who cares about the sound system? I do. Mm. Because that X3, I've done 20,000 miles or something like that. In, Have you? Yeah, 20,000 Oh, miles you've had a bath there, yeah. boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know me and losing you money on cars. You didn't tell me about that. <laughs> Somebody said to me the other day, how much do you reckon my car's worth? So I blurted out a figure. Well, take three or four grand off that okay, now because <laughs> you've just told me how many miles you've done. I've done quite a few miles of it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that is, I mean, driving to film other stuff, long motorway distances, up and down from my, my parents to drop Twiggy or something like that, popping around London. You know, just I just live in that car. Mm. I don't, it's not an exciting thing. It's just my daily cruiser. And so yeah. having great sound systems and tech is very important. And the Stelvio Quattrofolio, unfortunately, doesn't have that. Mm. It's just not up to date. It doesn't compete. And so... I don't know, for me, it's, it's definitely not the car I'm going to be getting. I, I understand maybe people think it's the ultimate car for me. Maybe it's Italian, it's got the sort of baby Ferrari engine in it, sounds good, looks good, it's quirky. So maybe people think, oh, that's exactly what he wants. But unfortunately, it's not. And I have made that content before. Okay, fair enough, three years ago now, something like that. But I just wanted to clear the air on that. But I, I, I think you're not a minority. I think you're a majority because apparently what I do for a living... It, honestly, nowadays, mate, it, it's one of the first thing people ask, as in, has it got Apple CarPlay? Has it got wireless charging? Does it do this? Does it do that? And um, the Stelvio has got most of them things. Not sure about wireless charging, but it's got Apple CarPlay, although I think it's an option, but that, our particular car has got it. Um, but it, it is really important for, especially in the SUV market, which is why I have a problem with the DBX for that reason, because it, it's not a car in that market because of the choice you have, in my opinion, it's got to be perfect, absolutely perfect. And the market that you're in for your car, you, your world's your oyster, mate. You can have anything. The only thing I'll stay at, say about the Stelvio is that you are a special different sort of person that buys an alpha in general yeah. mate like like you you are so focused on the brand or the way that something looks exterior or the driving experience the, the driving experience you you will substitute because it's got loads more character than the german car by the way of course and some people will really just look for that 
as opposed to I don't care if it hasn't got touchscreen yeah. or it hasn't got this and it hasn't the got the size that. or and the it's boot got, space and and it's got analytic dials and and you know because everything's digital now. Of course, but but what do you mean by analytic dials? Analog. Analog, okay. Yes, yeah, analytic. That's a YouTube <laughs> phrase. Yeah. I'm a YouTuber just now. To check. I, I was going to let you. I was going to oh, yeah, analytic. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should probably just thank you for questioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People go in on me. No, about no, that. No, no, no. Well, it's more that I was going to write that down and bring it up in conversation. I think maybe I shouldn't. But no, you're right. And, and these are things that you know people. It's the look and feel beyond anything. You know, we're yeah. all carrying around devices in our pocket now, which are more powerful, more beautifully designed, more capable than any computer or laptop that we had two or three years ago. Yeah. And so when you step into a car, it's got to have that similar look and feel. Well, it's got to have it on the screen. It's got to have it on the screen. Yeah. So, you know, anything that then sort of feels a bit dated or old or, or chunky, you know, yeah, I say for me, it's not my kind of thing. And unfortunately, the four cars that I test drove with Alexander's also weren't really. So I did a Range Rover Sport, the SDV8, mm. beautiful, beautiful spec, but- Wrong engine. Oh yeah, but I quite like, you know me. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm an idiot. odd. But, but also, you know that my dad's had three or 400 of them. And, and I just felt, yeah, <laughs> three. I just felt like my dad driving it. So yeah, yeah. no one can think. Uh, GLC 63. Too bumpy. Yeah, I didn't get to have a real go in it, but it, it is too stiff. Like, oh yes, I would love one if I didn't have any other sports cars, but you've got to remember what I actually want is a comfortable, luxurious cruiser. Mm. I'm not looking for a sports car. I've got the F-Type and the 360. Yeah. So I'm looking for something just to, to wall around it. And the whole point I got the X3 was that when I turned up to do test drives or film cars, I'd get into those cars and go, wow, I don't want to turn up to a test drive in a car that's better than the car I'm test driving. Yeah, there is, there is one other consideration that you need. You have a wife that occasionally drives it. Yes, I have a wife that occasionally drives it, so she needs to be happy. She mm. likes to be high up in an SUV, but she also likes cars that are just easy to drive. She's not yeah. looking to be in a sports car. The McCann Turbo was fantastic as you would expect, but I just, I've never bonded with McCann's. It's not really my thing. And the Defender 90, we've been through it over and over again. Yes, I still really want one. Should I buy one? No. Do I want to? Yes. Could I live with one? I don't know. It's not very good. No, but it's great at the same time. Anyway, before we go on this, because we don't know. But isn't it really weird? You'd have a Defender, but you won't have a Stelvio. Yes, that is weird, isn't it? It is very odd. Because. No, actually, I don't Because the Stelvio will drive loads better oh, than the a Defender. mile better. Miles better. But I prefer the look and the feel of a Defender inside and out. I prefer the interior tech, uh, the screens and stuff. Okay, the spaces are similarly small and, I mean, the Defender's less practical. Why don't you just get a Discovery? I mean, it's no. a, you see what I mean? Yeah, no. It's just a snob, mate. What I thought I'd do is share with you my latest Auto Trader saved list to get your thoughts as to where <laughs> we get from me going. Because, really yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, there's going to be more test drives that need to happen, but yeah. I thought I'd share with some of my most recent thoughts. Now, the maybe the least boring <laughs> in terms save of. save list on yeah, yeah, Of course. Don't you? <laughs> no. It's going to go on a while, by the way. Uh, the most boring but obvious choice <laughs> X5. Yeah, because, well, we spoke about that. That's that. That's just the step up from what you've got. Exactly, and yeah. I love what I've got. Yeah. M50D mm. with the M Performance Aero Kit. M Performance Pack, yeah. But with the whole Aero, yeah, I yeah, want yeah. everything. I want the stupid bumpers and the exhaust tailpipes and that, like, Larry. All right. Cool car. SQ8 Audi. V8 TDI. Uh, SQ8, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, nice yeah, 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 yeah. I've served quite a few Defenders. Panamera 4S Hybrid. Sport Turismo. Sport Turismo, yeah. So the wagon one. I've spoke to you about this car. That is a proper car, that. The thing which worries me about estates is that I would go for an estate. I don't think Vicky would love an estate. Now, I think I could convince her. I think the Panamera, they are 
big cars. Very big, yeah. As long as a Range Rover. Long and wide. Mm. And because you're sitting low, it feels large. It feels bigger. And so driving in and around London may be inherently too big feeling, but then I've got the hybrid. That's what I liked about it. I thought, mm. oh, that's... That's good forward thinking of me. It's a very good car. Lovely place to sit, that car. How comfy are they? No, lovely. Lovely? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we've had a few of them as a proper car. So they're expensive. And And drives like a Porsche as well. For a big car, it drives like a Porsche. It scratches my Porsche itch. Because you know what's going to happen to me. (laughs) Over all of 2022, I'm going to be saying to Tony, I want another Porsche. So if I got a Panamera... But Vicky would have to test drive it, and I'm just worried she's not going to like it that much. No, you won't get a Panamera. I don't think I will. Now... These are the front runners at the moment. It's what? going to surprise you. GLE 53. Ooh, hybrid again. Mild hybrid technology. It's got stance. It's big. It's chunky. It's new Merc. It's not all the money for a brand new, like, 2020, 2021 car. Drive one? No. Oh, you're not going to like it. Really? Um, Why not? Very wallowy. It's not... It's not it's a bit of a boat, mm. I think. Go and drive one. Yeah, uh, uh, it's uh, it's a bit of a boat, I think. Really? Oh uh, yeah. What about the E fifty three, the the wagon? But then, if you said to me, get an E fifty three or a Panamera, I'd say the Panamera. Yeah, I would too. So I'd take that out, yeah. throw it out in the bin, just delete it. Be wallowy. I thought it'd be all right. I watched um, oh, Rockin'. God. I watched Remove Before Races, and he was he was all right about it. All right, well, he's a big Merc fan, though. He is. Oh, that's it, then. He's going to say everything nice about Merc. Oh, I've saved a Cayenne, but I don't want a Cayenne, so let's get rid of that. What else have I got in here? There's a... I could get a Panamera Turbo S, Sport Turismo, 90 grand, but the financing is insane, so... In terms happen. of residuals. Residuals. So the money sort of... Co- this is the weird part, and I should do something with magnitude on this, really, probably, because an M50D... No, an M30D X5... The monthlies aren't too dissimilar to a Panamera Sport Turismo, depending on deposit levels and residuals like that. But like, there'd be a couple of reasons behind that. Your your the the Panamera is slightly older, so in terms of depreciation, it will depreciate less. So the balloon and the figure that you're paying off will won't be the gap won't be so big. Whereas an X5, the 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 depreciation is still quite high because you're looking at quite a new car, yeah, and the residual will be low. So that's why your monthly payments are. So you can play around with it. And then yeah. the Hail Mary. You're going to get... Because here's my thinking, right? Please don't let me walk out. <laughs> <laughs> but So I got the F-Type, got the 360. But the car I actually spend the most time in is the X3. Well, yeah, we've established this. So surely the car I should almost allow myself to spend the most money on is the car I spend the most time in. So should I not just, just Hail Mary it, get the mortgage application through and then just spend all the rest of the money on? On on the daily. Like? Alpina B5 Touring. No! Come on, Tony. We love the M5. This is essentially an M5 Touring, but it's Alpina, so it's luxe. It's plush. It looks the bomb. There's one which is green and tan on the internet. 110 grand. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, if you're going to wait for a tour in, flipping hell, what's wrong Come with you? Come on, the what a car! No, it's not what a car. If you're going to wait for a tour in... Get a Bentayga. But No! <laughs> if you're going to wait for a tour in, wait for the M3. No, no, no. Ugly, too small, too bumpy, too focused. I want It's Lux. not bumpy. No, it's not actually right because the new three series has got that nice comfort setting, doesn't it? The new M3. All day long, I'd have that M3. No, because that's going to be a hundred grand anyway. Might as well get the B5 Touring. Why? Because what a whip! It's what? Alpina. It's green and town. And then you and then you go on about who buys the Stelvio. I mean, who <laughs> buys one of them B3? Okay, so, I've never seen one. So, I didn't even know what it was for. It was a bus. It's an insight into the weekend that I've had, literally sitting on Auto Trader. So this is this is my players that you know sensible or discreet. How much is one of them a month? Oh, I don't even know. It's 110 grand. It's going to be, oh, what, mate, it, 1,500 if quid you think the minimum? X, if you think the X5's a few quid, yeah. put some money on top. Because <laughs> well, And the other problem is, which I'm trying to pace myself on, is resale. I've done so well. I've been so lucky with that X3 because it's so in demand, apart from my mileage, which thanks for telling me. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the values have stayed fairly high. I, I got have, in yeah. well. and it's a, I don't, if I bought a B5 Touring Alpina brand new at 110 grand, it will be worth 90 like in a week oh no and, and another thing the new house that you're going to buy <laughs> you're going to have to remortgage it straight <laughs> away to pay for depreciation on your B5 no, I know so that's why again I don't I'm now like flying the flag the problem with Panamera is I actually don't think I really want a Panamera like it sort of it ticks a lot of boxes but I'm not sure I actually want one but you never re- did you really 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 want that X3 yes when I bought it I did really want one I didn't know of everything. If I'm honest, if I'm really honest with myself, and this is the least, a lot of people are going to go, ugh, the car I probably do want the most is an M50D X5 with all the, all the kit. Well, get that then. I know, but I'm a bit like... Well, but what, bit like what? <sighs> so, is that I a mean, bit boring? Well, everything you've just read out is potentially <laughs> boring. I mean, I don't really... <laughs> oh, this is, I'm going to ruin your life for the next few months on this, I hope you realise. You've been ruining my life for the last five years. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so, moving on. Uh, quickly wanted to touch... Oh, well, let's come back to that in a second. What? 812 Competizioni. Oh, Reviews. Yeah. Oh. Uh, have you had a chance to see any? You did ask me to fucking watch one, so, yeah. so sorry about the language. You did ask me to watch one, I but... Did. I did. I, I, I Forgot. Did. Yeah. Okay. I've been very busy, mate. No, that's fine. Um... Well, comes as no surprise. Everyone said it's amazing. Classic Ferrari. They seem to invite five of the top UK magazines, probably some other people as well. Some quite, well, I guess for, I'm trying to think who I watched. I watched Matt Pryor. I watched um, 
Who else did I watch? I watched a few other people. I think I watched about three videos in the end. Ah, the car looks amazing. The car, they all said it's brilliant. They all said it's incredible. It's much more easy to drive than a TDF. Sounds the bomb. Nuts fast. Rear wheel steer is sometimes a little interesting, but you get used to it. You do get used to it. I mean, I guess we weren't expecting anything different. No. Just mega bit of kit. Yeah. And... uh, (laughs) Yeah. journalists in general they never really say, there's not many of them there's a few but there's not many that don't say bad things about cars that you know that most of them say just good things all the time don't I you disagree think? no I don't I would I, say that I'd say YouTubers mostly say good things I say no 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 but if you put them into the mix as well there's there are some journalists and YouTube that actually tell the truth but in general I think they all just say good all the time I disagree. I mean, for journalists, I disagree. I think they're inherently much more... Okay, stick anyone on a Ferrari press drive. Most people are pretty nice because it's Ferrari. Most people want to get yeah. invited back. And if you say nasty things, you don't just not get invited not back. You get spat on on the way to the airport. Fine, but I, I think most journalists are more credible in their reviews than YouTubers. They're more, cre- for sure, they're more credible. As in, sorry, uh, and critical, as in like, as in not credible, as in more honest. I, th- I, I genuinely think journalists are more honest in their reviews. I oh. think sometimes it's unnecessary. Like, if I'm honest, I would have far rather seen Harry Metcalf take an 8-12 competence journey through the Alps than watching Matt Pryor around Fiorano following Raffaele Di Simone. Because what did I learn? That Matt Pryor had to concentrate quite a lot and the car was really quick around Fiorano. But so okay, so if you think they're more critical, is that because do you think they're more educated than a YouTuber? Yes, I think in they're, what they're saying because they 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 have to be a proper journalist. You, of course, there's steps you you can't just be a journalist. Their job is to analyze the car, is to tell their audience, their integrity and their job, their reason they'll sell magazines on, people are going to read that review to understand what that car is like. It, I'm only talking for me. My job is to hopefully bring my audience along with me on the adventure of spending time with cars, going yeah. places and cars. It's not, I don't think it's my job necessarily to, I don't think, well, I don't pitch my channel as come to watch my channel to decide whether to buy a car or not. I will always tell people what I'm experiencing. I will most of the time, I will enjoy any driving experience because it's better than sitting at a desk. Yeah, A journalist's job is to get there and analyse whether that car's better than the previous one, how it compares to its competitors, you know, the foibles of it, the pros and cons, the understeer, the oversteer, the way it rides the bumps. I'm like, does it sound good? Does it make me smile? Yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. Know, so I, I think it's a... And therefore, I think journalists are more... Yeah, I think they are more. I think they're more. They're more geared up for it. Maybe they're just not professional, but maybe they're just more trained at doing that. And maybe, maybe they are being critical, but because they're professional, maybe you you don't. They don't necessarily come across because they're trained at it. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But whenever I watch a journalist reviewing a car, there are exceptions, by the way. But when I always listen, I always think, flipping hell, are you going to say anything, anything bad about it? Uh, yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, I drove a DB5 recently, right? And in the build-up to the DB5, I wanted to just watch some videos just to get some knowledge. I could spit out a few facts. And almost every single journalistic review I watched, everyone was like, they're not that good to drive. No. Mate, it was epic. I was driving James Bond's car. 
it sounded good. It felt cool. I had a wooden steering on my hand. I looked the bomb. It went <coughs> like, uh, it's not definitely not my job. And I'm definitely not in a position to go, but compared to the 250 short wheelbase, it, the turning isn't fantastic. You're like, who cares? It's a DB5. Like, I mean, that's at least me where I think, as I say, I watch journalistic content and they're like, you know, the gear ratios weren't fantastic and the speed, I'm like, who cares? It's a DB5. Yeah. Unless you're going to go and race it at Goodwood Revival, who gives a crap? Well, if you did, you wouldn't be going very fast. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> it's got the DB4 GT. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, just wanted to touch on that recently because I thought, you know, very cool. And they released that new bespoke fry, that BP, the thing based on the Luso that I thought was actually quite ugly. No, they do it every now and again, don't they? Yeah, they just go and, go and buy a, a 812. Okay. Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, fine. It was, you know, each to their own. Yeah. So, main topic for the day then. Uh, which, oh, actually, you know what? Before we come on to it quickly, can I tell you about my Etihad experience? Of course you can. So I went, this was actually quite a long time ago now, but the, the video just came out. Etihad, one of some commercial work I did with them, reached out, hired me for a job to be part of this film that they're doing to help celebrate the UAE's 50th anniversary. 50 and what was you doing UAE. in that old car rattling around there like that? <laughs> that <laughs> what old, was all that about? That what was he doing? So the premise of the content was that they're, they're highlighting five different parts of the UAE, you know, tourism, restaurants, whatever. And and then within sport, they want to use motorsport because obviously they get the Formula One coming in, they've got the Ass Marina circuit. And so they wanted to invite someone from around the world to Abu Dhabi to be hosted by an Emirati and have an amazing experience and an amazing time. So that's the, the sort of premise of the content. So uh, Amna, and I'm so sorry, I cannot pronounce Amna's surname, so I'm just going to skip past it for now, but she's, an, she's the UAE's, I think she's the only UAE racing driver at the moment, but their first female racing driver. She was kind of like my host. She'd invited me to the Yas Marina circuit. They'd made a custom race suit for me. They'd branded a- Did they? Yeah, yeah. They branded an experience car with my name on it. Helmet had all my name on it, stuff like that. They'd put all the branding across the track. Welcome to Abu Dhabi, Sam. All this kind of stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. All right, very good. Very, very cool. And so the idea was, you know, she'd set this all up theoretically, and then she was inviting me to race out on the circuit. And I was going to ask a stupid question, like, was she quicker than you? But of course she was. Oh yeah, of course she was. She was yeah. racing in Formula 3. Uh, really? But, yes, but this was a film, okay? Oh. So this is now going to take you behind the scenes. Off the back of the popularity of my YouTube behind the scenes episode that you so well, hosted so well. Conducted. Uh, conducted, thank you. Conducted so well. I'll give you some insight into how these kind of things work. So this was a two-day shoot. Day one was all of the off-track stuff. Day two was supposed to be all the on-track stuff. So, you know, it's the me arriving at the circuit, you know, stepping out of the car. Film crew. Oh, big film crew, big production. 30 person film crew, something like that. Not Top Gear. Uh, a quarter of the Top Gear. <laughs> Still big. And you know, you're doing things well. I had to exit the car like six different times. I had to look left, I had to look right, I had to repeat it. They got different shots, different angles. And we're filming in Abu Dhabi and this was like September time, I think. So we were like 40, 42 degrees. All right. Feet intense. Do you have a hat on? <laughs> I needed one. Factor 75 on the top. <laughs> So go through all this, you know, just spitting out the lines. And, you know, it's, it's, anyway, so we're going through the process. Then we get on to day two. I turn up, I'm signing all this waiver paperwork. They're coming over. Okay, Sam, is the plan. We're going to do the initial shots. You're going to get in the car. We're going to get you suiting up, blah, blah. Then we're going to get you on the start line and we'll drop the flags and the cars fly off. We're going to do all the tracking shots. We're going to get you carving in between, blah, blah. So I'm like, great, I can't wait. And I'll be honest, this is the part I'm excited about because day one's quite tough. Like, oh, you, getting in and out of a car six so I mean, that's not, that's not fun. It's not fun. No. I mean, I, I know that was the easy part. You know, so, so you're going through the... So day two, right, here we go. So we're, we're sort of a couple of hours in and I get in the car, we're on the start line. Oh, 
you know, doing the revving. Like, oh, I'm looking at her. She's looking at me. We're ready to go. And they go, okay, now rev and hold it. Okay, cut. I'm like, cool. Cut thing. Okay, Sam, just jump out for two seconds. I go, cool. Go. And then I see like walking out of the pit lane, like someone else. A proper racing driver. In my outfit. <laughs> and it says Sam on the thing. It's oh, my helmet. So good. And I'm like, who's this coming now? <laughs> who's this guy? <laughs> it wasn't. It was 45-year-old Giovanni or whatever her name was, Fabrizio, another female racing driver who was an instructor for Yas Marina. She comes over, she gets in my car and they go, cool, thanks, Sam. If you just could take a seat over there. And I'm like, huh? even tell. She, goes, <laughs> she flies up. Why didn't you get to do any of the racing? You didn't go in a car? I, I did. I, I went out, we did like 10 laps, super slow speed for like the camera to come. But all the like fun stuff, the burn out there. No, I wasn't given permission because Amna's car was so valuable. Their proper F3 race car. They didn't have the insurances in place yeah. for a non-professional racing driver to yeah. be on track with her at the same time. Right. So Fair. a disaster, mate. I was like, come on, but... Watch the film, you'd have no idea. <laughs> well, actually, when you look at some of these production films as well, like James Bond is a good example. Um, some Top Gear stuff yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, when they cut to, not Chris, because he, he he will do all the driving for sure, but when they cut to Paddy and Freddy, Freddy um, all the real stunt stuff be done by drivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah Because yeah. They're, they're, they're presenters, mate. They, they won't be able to drive like that. And, and as well, like when you watch all the films... That'll be the same. Like Daniel Craig can't drive. He can't drive a car like that. No chance. Exactly. So yeah, it's an actor. Turns out I can't either. No. <laughs> but I can't. I wish I could remember her name. But yeah, you should have gone. No, I can't yeah, do it. Please. That's what I guess. I was like, oh, you know, I have driven a Formula One car before. It's a little insight. Ten percent power. For the, no, it wasn't me. It was ninety percent. Go do no, one. When was the last time you drove a Formula One car? I'll be faster than you. No, one. you would not. Oh, okay. Bring it. We'll set that up. Set it up. <laughs> Easy. You're such a. Prick. <laughs> Anyway, let's come on to our let's come on to our main topic. Uh, brands that we think, automotive brands, we're talking about manufacturers, we're talking about that maybe have appeal that isn't warranted, or or people lust after them when actually, if you bought that product, would the experience live up to the badge? Oh, and I'm actually discounting Aston Martin from this conversation. Because we know it's in. We know it's in. <laughs> and we've, ba- we've bashed them so many times. And it's not fair, because I actually love that brand. Yeah. And I would argue that a lot of the pro- like Rapid AMR, what a dream. So, shelved. I know, wait a minute. I, I'm going to say something nice, right? Because in the last week or so, I've driven Aston Martin or Aston Martin more than I have any other car, right? You've turned up an advantage today. I've turned up an advantage today. And that's because it's still taxed and I haven't got a car to drive. So I've just jumped in that. Insides of a dealer's life. But I will say one thing very positive about that car. Wherever you go in an Aston Martin, wherever you go, mate, whether you're getting out a coffee shop, petrol station, sitting in traffic, all you get is lovely car, that, mate. They honestly do not care that you probably won't be able to get back in it or or it won't start. Or the door will fall off. The, whatever, for whatever reason. But honestly, I, I would say I've been more well-received over the last week than I have for probably the last five years. And that's brand value. That's what I'm ta- 
tapping into. Um, I've just noticed that my battery is quite low on my laptop, so maybe I just go and get the charger because I don't want to get cut off. I feel like it's going to be a good topic. Okay, it will be so, very good so because I've me, got a real controversial. Oh one wow! As well. okay, give, me, <laughs> give me two seconds. Maybe sing a song or perform some kind of act. It's going to take me two seconds. I don't want to sing cut. a song. Just do something. Well, I can't really sing. Entertain the audience and say what? What can I talk about? Well, I'd like to talk about the F1, but I can't really talk about that, can I? <laughs> can I? So basically, Lewis Hamilton is the best driver ever, and he's going to win eight World Championship, and I've got a bet on him to win. And um, what else can I say about him? Um, Max is staff drive. <laughs> no, oh, no. my God. I leave you in charge for... I mean, we're, I'm just, so you know we've got our, our target of 50,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Yeah, it'd be 40,000. I think we lost 500 at the start of the week. Max Verstappen supporters because uh, of how harsh we are. We've now just lost another 2,000, so thank you. Okay, so if you said you had a nice controversial one to kick things off with, why don't you crack on? Tell me, what is the first automotive brand you think is overrated? Tesla. <laughs> well, I don't think we've lost another 5,000, but... Comment section's about to I think we might have gained another 5,000. The comment section... Oh, go on. Bring well, it. no. Then, mate, it's a, it's a terrible product. Oh. It is a absolute, dare I say, car crash of a product. It, it, it is, honestly, if you get in one, <laughs> apart from this lovely screen, which if something happens, you, you have to send an email for them to download another one for you. It is honestly horrendous in there. Why? It's not built properly. In what sense? Well, I assume quality, because Elon Musk has all the money. <laughs> That's why he's the richest man in the world. All so, the money. Well done, everyone. I, I would have to disagree with you. Why? Because when it comes to EVs, I think they are miles ahead in... Well, we know infrastructure, but what in terms... they going for longer? Of course. So they're done. And the inherent cult-like nature of Tesla owners. It's a bit like iPhone. Anyone that owns a Tesla... No, but in terms of mentality, anyone that owns an iPhone will say, well, how could you not own an iPhone? Anyone who owns a Tesla will only ever sing praises about Teslas. You know, so they all... Oh, it's the best thing in the world. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. And so therefore it goes back against the whole point. We're talking about brands that people aspire to own or think are brilliant. Well, that's what the modern generation are going to do. Well, no, but then get the product and go, actually, it's not that great. But every single Tesla owner I've ever met has spent an hour telling me why it's the best car in the world. Well, mainly, mainly because they're Greenpeace. And no, that's why not because they're Greenpeace. Yes, Look at Tim is. from Magnitude. He's not Greenpeace. Well, he never comes down here because he can't. No, but he can. Like, comes down on the train. Fundamentally, Tesla owners love Teslas more than anyone else in the entire world. Once you're in, once you're hooked, you're happy. In comparison to... Not a Lamborghini. I'm trying to think of another... You know, Aston, McLaren owner. McLaren owners, yes. We're, here we go. If we're not bashing Aston, we're bashing McLarens. The amount of people that go, oh, I'd love a McLaren buy it, it falls apart and they sell it three months later. But, but that's what people say about Tesla. No, they don't. I, Who knows? Love, I love a Tesla. Mate, but then well, they get them and they love them. I mean, I, I don't know if they do, mate. They I do, think They're winning for, for Greenpeace for saving the world. No, no. Well, when good that, on them. Well done. Well done. Because well, yeah, we're not doing any good. Well, you're not actually saving the world, though, because of the carbon... Emissions uh, for creating them. Uh, correct. Yeah, okay, another story. So another, all you're doing podcast. is lining Elon Musk's pockets and when actually 
fair play to him because he is he is an absolute genius that man to cash because in. he he had the foresight to realize 20 years ago that I need to build an electric car because that is going to be the future. Yeah, I'll be ahead of everyone else. I'm going to be ahead and of everyone. Put the infrastructure in place because that's going to be the key. Yeah. yeah, because that's and that and that is a good part of it. Mm. Elon Musk is the good part of it. The the product, the actual product, is a disaster. Well, okay, so here's the part I'll agree on you, agree with you on. Firstly, because of the price point, even the mo- is it the Model Three the baby one. The yeah, Model Three is the entry one. As well, what hold I'm on a second, hold on a second. Don't jump. Well, <laughs> I had a point. You know, go on. <laughs> is the model through the entry level one? Yes. <laughs> Slapping, weren't you? Yeah. No, because I just want to get this out because I know you're on a roll and I'm trying to control you a little bit, which is impossible to do. The seating, those kind of elements, crap, you know, useless Terrible. in comparison to the competitors. But as... I, I, uh, Please don't say as a car. This doesn't work. No, but it does work. When, when Do Teslas break? Yes. Really? Apart from like, the auto drive crashing into people, what else goes wrong? Well, what What? That, that, What do you mean, apart from? Well, <laughs> it breaks. No, that's no, what, that's just what? one thing. Do they? Paul nearly Is died it? in one. Oh, Paul did nearly die in one. Yeah. Like, literally nearly died in yeah. one. Uh, mate, they self-combust when, mm. they, when they feel like it. No, um, but have you made that up? What? The, 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 Cause what was go on the internet and say a Tesla's on fire. I mean, there won't be enough room on that computer. Tesla's burning down. Burning down? Oh, it's yeah. not a building. Model S played reportedly catches fire. Yeah, Video yeah. shows Tesla Model S bursting into flames. Two men killed and burst. Okay, yeah. How many Teslas burned down? In 2019, there were almost 190,000 <laughs> in the US alone. Only a tiny fraction of them involving EVs. Yeah, because that's a tiny fraction of the market. But- there has been approximately one Tesla vehicle fire for every 205 miles travelled. Right. No, 205 million miles. Sorry, I was going to say. Anyway, well, let's move on because I... No, let's not. Wait, no, I've got no, one no. more thing to say. I've got one more thing to say. You know when you pull up at satellites and you've got one of them Tesla people in, in beside you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're looking at you and they're thinking, they're sixty and under three seconds. I had one the other day in the, in, the, yeah. in the Vantage. I had one the other right. day in the Vantage looking at me. I've got no interest in him race, yeah. going from 0 to 30 or 0 to 60. No interest. I know what car... And this is me. I'm in an Aston Martin in Vantage. Mm-hmm. I still know what car I'd rather be in. And then he's looked at me, give me a dirty look and sodded off. Like... Oh, yeah, well... Look how you, fast I can accelerate. Look, look how fast I can accelerate to 30. Like, I'm not interested. Yeah. Like, like that's what they literally... That, that is what the uh, Tesla people think. It's almost like... Because I can accelerate real fast. But that's what I mean. Who and that's cares? But that's the whole point, is that Tesla people are like that. Once they're in, they are so happy and they love it. And, and therefore, it's not doing what we're saying... Okay, here's but my... why are you happy? Because you can celebrate to 0 to 30. Sure, good on them. Crack on. Moving on. Because <laughs> we'll never get off this. We're going to... It's a BMW 2 Series sort com- of thing. Comment yeah. section. I'm not doing this again. I learnt my lesson. <laughs> Maserati. Maybe not so much now, because I actually think the products... And I think people have caught wind of the fact that Maserati are a bit behind the times. And they've... You know, we haven't got a new Gran Turismo yet. But let's go five years ago when Gran Turismo's were still being made from factory. I think people thought, Maserati, what a brand, what an icon. That car sounds so good from the outside. It looks so cool. Then the car turned up and it was a bit heavy. It was a bit slow. Yes, it made a good noise, but the interior was a bit dated. I think people felt let down. Well, yeah, very dated. And same with... I'm now trying to think of the rest of the range. And Ghibli's... Levante, I think, is all right, but do you, Quattroporte... Uh, I completely agree with yeah. you. Yeah. 
hundred percent, yeah. It's definitely one of the ones that I thought of. Okay. As a brand that people think that they would want or represent a certain thing, but actually the product would probably feel a little bit yeah. of a letdown. Yeah, for sure. I'm yeah. glad, glad we could agree on one. Got any others? McLaren? Yeah. I mean, I think McLaren actually has to steal. At the moment, right now, let's see if Audi are going to come in. Hey, saviour of the day. It, there are some exceptions. Really? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think McLaren would be the one that would let most people down. I think most people would assume. Having said, oh yeah, as, as an owner, because I think having said that, if you had a McLaren and you gave you, you know, if you got a ride in a McLaren, you'd probably go, oh, this is mega. But to live with, to own, I think people would feel like and it, and it is actually one of the most frustrating as well because potentially that car or McLaren absolutely blow the other manufacturers away in terms of how they develop their cars but because of the build quality because of the way they treat their customers which mm-hmm. is a after real after service after, after, after sales, sales yeah, thank you. which is a which is a real problem for me when you're trying to get 200 grand plus off of someone and then once you've taken their money you have absolutely no care about what you've given them essentially that's the biggest one for me mm. um the yeah the way they're put together the reliability issues the electrical issues they have as a as a whole package there just isn't much going from at all you know like even some manufacturers do some things right but it's just that McLaren doesn't seem to do anything right. Mm. Apart from deliver a great car on a twisty road on its day. When it works. Yeah. 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 It all comes together. Yeah. And, and like 10 or 15 years ago, that was kind of acceptable because if you go back, back in the day, Ferraris were like that, mate. Lamborghinis were like that. But, but, but we're not in the 1990s anymore. We're in 2021 where everything now, we're in a, perfect world essentially you know hypothetically speaking so things are so good that everything everything is so good now you have so much choices so much competition in all walks of life you you've got to be the 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 best at what you do and and they're just not so i'm gonna leave it with a super controversial one porsche 911 what well hold on a minute yeah i've i've said a model not a brand but anyway what do you mean a model? I mean specifically the 911. Yeah, but, but that's the best sports car ever made. I don't really understand where you're going. You, you've literally said that just to wind me up. No, I haven't. You have? Bear with me. Non-GT product 911s, I think some people, maybe not all, but some people find disappointing. I think a lot of people buy the 911 assuming it's going to be the one-stop shop do everything perfectly. It'll be fantastic. It's a Porsche 911. And after six months or a year, they're bored. But. Mm, no, is that you sort of agreeing um, with me? Not, is that, not, is no, that it, it, it's not. Because I can, I can think of 911s down the years that actually weren't very good. The 996 wasn't a very good 911 in general. Um, but I, I sort of hear what you're saying. The only thing I will say is that in general, mate, cars are more boring now because they're so good. And as well, Porsche as a brand, it appeals to so many different people, that 911. 
from all walks of life, whether you're 70 years old, whether you're a 22-year-old broker in the city, whether you're a family man, a second car, and you, whether you're another family man that, that wants to treat yourself for the weekend and he's got two small children that he can love in the back, it suits everyone. And because it suits everyone, it it's kind of... It's almost... It's so perfect, it's its downfall. Agreed. But th- that's what I'm saying, is that I think it's so good that it can become bland. And I think, hey, GT product cars, a slightly different story. But from 997 forward, 997, 997.2, 991.2, if you buy a Carrera S, thinking it's a bloody 911, Porsche, it's a vibe. I think a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, but I think there are a group of people that would actually feel a bit disappointed, feel a bit like, oh, I'm not getting what I thought I'd be getting, or... I'm quite excited by the idea now of a 430 or uh, uh, Vantage or, you know, something with a bit more personality. And I kind of get what you're saying because there will be some customers and I can think of a couple of brands, Lotus is a brand, where they would get in a 911 and they won't like it, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. But I know for absolute certain that most Porsche people... I couldn't think of anything worse than getting in a Lotus. Sure, you, sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and, no, I and, see what and there's and there's there's lots of different examples of that. But the 911, mate, is a go-to sports car. It is the best sports car on the market. And maybe I get your point because it is the best and it's so good. I get your point, but I, I think the point is is that. They make it for so many different people, which is why it's kind of probably got to be a little bit safe. It's a safe car. It's a safe car. Yeah. Well, look, let us know your thoughts. Put in the comment section below if you're watching here on YouTube. Sort of brands, and I sort of went a bit model specific at the end there, uh, but brands that you think, yeah, overrated. Don't The products don't live up to the hype. I feel like a few of you are going to say Ferrari and I will come at you and block you. No, I'm joking. Um, but uh, yeah, let us know in the comment section below. Um, we are going to wrap things up for today because we are immediately going to record a Rate My Ride special, which is going to be coming out next week because I'm actually going to be away. I'm going to be on the road next oh, week. Oh, yeah. Got an adventure in the 360. Oh, so Hello. you won't be long then. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of almost, almost didn't want to tell you. Uh, but yeah, so we're recording two episodes today. So yeah, Rate My Ride Special. Thank you so much to all of you that have submitted rides that's already been done. So no more submissions required for this week's episode because we're going to be recording it straight after this. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be back with you for, for normal sort of uh, episode resumption the week after that. Uh, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please give it a thumbs up here on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe because yes, Tony and I are aiming for 50,000 subscribers by the end of the year. We did hit 46 because of the Verstappen episode. I'm not really sure exactly where we're at Did now. we get to 46? We got to 46. So let's right. see by the time this went live whether we're still at 46 or I don't know. What's going on. Uh, but yeah, please do subscribe. Uh, if you're following us on or you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, etc. Keep listening there. You can follow us on those various platforms too. Uh, if you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And yes, we'll be back with you next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.